0: Rob's Reliability Project, a podcast for maintenance and reliability people to better themselves both at home and at work. Now let's get rolling. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Rob's Reliability Project. I'm Rob Kalvaroski. This week, we have a panel podcast talking about continuous improvement with a bunch of guests from all around the world. It was a pretty good podcast. I hope you guys enjoy it. Each one of the guests, including myself, are part of Improver's Continuous Improvement Coaching Program. So if you're looking to become a CI coach, or if you want to get coached by one of us, definitely reach out, definitely go to improver.com, I-M-P-R-U-V-E-R.com to check that out. Or you can hit me up, Rob's Reliability Project at gmail.com. I'm happy to talk to you about that. If you haven't yet, subscribe to Rob's Reliability Project on your favorite podcast platform and follow Rob's Reliability Project on LinkedIn for the best memes in the industry. I really appreciate each and every one of you. Thanks for listening, and let's get into the panel podcast about continuous improvement. Welcome. Welcome back to Rob's Reliability Project. I'm Rob Kalvaroski. This I believe is week 12 of the COVID lockdown live webinar series and we have a great panel of guests today in continuous improvement. We'll go around the horn just how I see them. Hal Fro Rich from Impact Washington. We have Mario. How did you say your last name, Mario? I had it (laughs) and then I lost it.
1: Yeah, you can call me Mario, but my last name is Aguirre.
0: Aguirre. So there, there you go. Aguirre yeah. from Lean Tegrix, We have Calvin Williams and Maria Williams from Improver Technology. We have Brandy Shade from Strengthology and Nick Dumazia. Now, Nick, I did, looked on LinkedIn. I couldn't find what company do you work for. Do you want to shout it out? Yeah,
2: I, I have my own company for consulting. It's actually Consulting
0: okay perfect so just just we'll go um i think you guys most of you except for hal and calvin will be new to my audience so we'll just go around the horn here quickly and just give us a brief intro to yourself a little bit about your background and yeah so hal do you want to kick us off
3: so uh impact washington is a is a state manufacturing extension partnership And it's uh, one of the companies that uh, I contract with. Uh, Past uh, thing is I've been in the improvement world for uh, probably about 30, 35 years now. Uh, Started off with TPM. And I ended up being the grandfather of that at the Boeing company and implementing TPM at uh, Boeing. And then uh, ended up working in the Boeing supply chain for about 17 years, implementing lean all over the world. And then uh, ended up uh, being a COO of a company that manufactured children's orthotic braces. Stayed there for about five years and uh, now back to consulting. So that's, that's it in a nutshell.
1: Awesome, Mario, how about you? Uh, well, I have been in the industry for about 25 years. I started my career. Well, first of all, I, I live in Mexico, you know, in a city called Querétaro, which is at the north side of Mexico City. And, uh, well, my career has been in continuous improvement. I started my career as materials manager in one um, small company in Mexico. Then I moved to a tier one supplier of automotive industry called Johnson Controls, where I uh, got my first uh, experience with lean manufacturing, Six Sigma, and, uh, and other operational excellence um, strategies. Then I moved my career and worked for a CPG company called Clorox. That's where I know this gen- gentleman, Calvin Williams, and uh, some other folks. And, uh, and I started my own company about uh, three to four years now. And, uh, and it's uh, a consultancy firm in continuous uh, improvement and operational excellence uh, strategies. So I have different clients from big companies like uh, Safran. How do you know very well Safran? Another small companies in, in Mexico that are trying to find their way in how to implement uh, operational excellence, strategy, and cost savings. So happy to be here. Awesome. Calvin, how about you?
4: Hey, uh, I've been on the show a couple of times. <laughs> it seems like Rob and I, we need to just become, you know, co-founders in the in the podcast business. Uh,
0: <laughs> is it a business? That is, there's not much money in this business. Unless you're <laughs> Joe
4: Rogan. We got to look at our business model here, but yeah. Uh, now, I've been in continuous improvement um, going on 20 years now um, working with mostly some really large companies uh, started out with in the meat packing business in Tyson, Goodlessville, Tennessee. Um, moved around with Nestle, Mars, um, Clorox, most recently, global manager of continuous improvement. Got a chance to work with Mario and we, we met and actually worked on some change management stuff in Latin America there. So, um, and then most recently, I think, uh, October of 2018, I believe it was, was when I decided to nosedive off the corporate cliff and (laughs) go full speed into Improver. And uh, my lovely co-founder, Maria, uh, who's also my wife, um, we had some long, hard discussions. And uh, it took a lot of schmoozing and uh, whining and dining, but she, she, she finally gave me the green light and we did it and we're doing it. And I uh, got some good news to announce. We just got accepted into one of the best accelerators in Silicon Valley. Oh, uh, wow. awesome. in
5: the world.
4: In the world, yes. So that will help us make a lot of great connections with investors and they're actually going to invest some amount in our company too. And um, from that we can see some good more some more progress with the technology and with the business overall, and hopefully it brings a lot of value to everyone on this call and the CI industry at home, so um, that's my story,
0: thank you. Awesome, congratulations.
1: Yes, congrats Colin. Maria. Yep. Very Maria, how about you, how, what's your background?
5: All right, so I have about 16 years of experience in marketing and business administration in different industries, um, education, technology, manufacturing, and retail, um, and my relationship with CI, obviously came out of necessity because we have a continuous improvement company <laughs> and so I try to practice those principles I've learned not only from Calvin and research you guys that I'm seeing your faces more and more often um, and not you know and we're practicing the we're really living what we preach because we're not only doing it in each of our jobs from writing contracts doing digital marketing finances you name it we are also implementing it at home which a lot of people dread to do uh, so everything here is 5S <laughs> and organized according to every single continuous Im- improvement principle you can imagine
0: <laughs> perfect now brandy how about yourself
6: Hey, everybody. I'm Brandy Shade. I'm a strengthology um, leadership consultant, and um, I came into this group kind of um, a little bit different from, from some of you. I know Calvin from college, um, and my background has mainly been in IT, and I've done a lot of process improvement work in IT, but um, I really got into understanding personality type because I learned that, you know, you try to go in and change processes and if you don't understand the people you're working with and um, what's important to them, then um, the processes usually don't get changed and, um, and things don't improve. And so I really started focusing on the change management piece, which was the personality piece. And now I go lead um, people through individual coaching as well as um, teams and departments through facilitation of workshops. Um, And and even companies, trying to help them become strengths-based companies to understand uh, the the differences in personality and the different types of people and then how you got to cater to those different types of personality in order to make the impact that you really want to make across the organization, both from a process standpoint and culturally. Yeah, that's it.
0: (laughs) You stopped mid-sentence there. I thought there was more. (laughs) I don't
6: know. I was like, I think I'm done with my thoughts.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Uh, Nick, how about you? What's your background?
2: Yeah. Hi, everyone. This is Nitin Dumasya. I'm from the other part of the world. I live in India. And in India, I'm from Western region uh, near Mumbai in India. Uh, I have in this field for around one and a half decade now. I worked with uh, some of the good multinational companies as uh, lean engineer. I started my career as a lean engineer. Then I moved up to uh, plant level lean manager for some multinational companies. I worked with three, four multinational companies, basically US-based companies or space-based companies. And then I also have seven years of experience for a multinational consulting organization where I was, uh, my last position was associate director in that company. Uh, basically, after my mechanical engineer, I am a Six Sigma Black Belt from ASQ and around four or five years now, I'm um, leading the transformational activities and strategy consulting to so many of my clients, not limiting to my part of the world, but I have clients in almost in US and Europe, Middle East, almost all these areas. They are mostly into manufacturing and few of them are into some service organizations like insurance companies, banking and all. So, very excited on this platform, sharing my knowledge or enhancing my knowledge with you all great minds on this call. And very much looking forward to add value to this community and to prosper together. No,
0: it's great to have you. And the great minds, Andre is the only great mind here. So, that's another story. (laughs) So, Calvin, you know, we're all together here. We're we're part of a, an improver continuous impro, improvement coaching program. Do you want to just tell us like what's the goal of that, and like share a little bit about it? Like where did it come from?
4: Okay, that's a great question. So the program that we're doing is, is a challenge. It's uh it's called the thirty day improver continuous improvement challenge. So it's called the improver challenge, I guess for short. Uh, and the idea is to develop the habit of daily improvement. Um, you know, most continuous improvement starts with, you know, we got these tools and we got these methodologies and these concepts and folks get all excited about that stuff and the training and all that. Um, but what tends to happen is you may go out and make changes. You may go out and apply those tools. And six months later, all the great work you did is no longer existent, no trace of it, Right. Um, And the problem is because what tends to happen is people, you know, even though you make a process change, if you don't change the behavior set, if you don't change the habits that go along with that process uh, it inevitably backs flies to what people are, their, their pattern of behavior, their pattern of behavior prior to the changes were made. So uh, the, the problem and the value proposition that we're doing with this improver challenge and even with the improver software as a whole is to address that gap of people not having that, the, the appropriate habits set to to really drive and sustain continuous improvement so um, where the program works is, is a it's a 30 day program it's, it's, it's actually six weeks but there's a week on the on both ends for kind of kickoff and then uh, wrap up but in the middle section is is four coaching sessions we meet once a week and uh, in the first week you know you're collecting five data points you're making one improvement so you're kind of getting in the habit of collecting data and also you're making the first improvement. Second week, you got at least five data points, maybe seven if you're going seven days. And then two improvements. Third week is three improvements. And then the fourth week, you're actually going to make five improvements. By the end of it, in concept, you're getting to making one improvement every day. Once you get certified at the base level, which is the improver level, then you can essentially go to become a level one coach where you're coaching other people to develop this habit and this skill set which they can take back to their work life or personal lives and then uh, at the highest level you can actually graduate to become a level two coach where you're coaching the coaches and at that rate you're building the coaching capability within you know within industry or for the folks coming into the improvement program Um, part of where this came from though is you know we're building the company maria and i Maria talked about a little bit And we switched to a freemium model. We switched our business model to to just let folks come in and use the software. And we just had a bunch of folks come in and sign up since then. I mean, we're up to close to 400 and something people in the last really six weeks. And uh, the problem I I ran into is, man, I got too many people coming in for for me to service, you know, between myself and my small team. So I need help. Right. So um, and I know, Rob, I know. I got a background I got a history with just about everybody else on the in this first beta cohort and uh just kind of pull these guys in and say hey let's let's get this going and let's start to build this coaching arm of the business and uh, that's that's sort of how the party got started so it's still early but I think there's just incredible potential out there to, to really help bring just incredible value to the industry so.
0: and if people are listening and they want to sign up to to become a coach or just sign up to you know to get improver where should they go
4: well, Improver.com, everything on the website, impruve and look for a link called the Improver Challenge in the header, and it's got all the information for the challenge. Um, it's it's open to everybody. We've got our next cohort starting up in July 9th timeframe, and uh, we've got a waiting list, actually. Um, I think we got a few spots still open, but uh, it's filling up. Um, but, you know, by then we'll have uh, at least a few new coaches, possibly five new coaches, so – my um, capacity is growing. And in fact, now is actually a great time to get in because if you're one of the first people in your industry, then folks coming into Improver, coming into the sort of the ecosystem, um, there's a good chance that I can send those folks to you as their coach. And obviously you can get paid to coach these people and help them develop their their uh, capability. So that's how it works.
0: <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, and I mean, just just like in terms of you know, some of the stuff that I've been working on. So like one of my highest priorities was actually to manage my mental health better. And it, what, what has come out at least in the first week was I've hired someone to, I mean, Calvin, you helped me out last week. So I really appreciate that, but I've hired someone for next week to actually edit my podcast and do all the content with it as well. And so like, we're making improvements. We're making big improvements now. (laughs) Yeah. So I guess, I guess from a, you know, from a work perspective, you know, we talk often about continuous improvement and sustaining changes and all that stuff. Like Mario, what are your, some of your top tips for people who are listening that, you know, just around continuous improvement or why aren't they seeing the results that they
1: want to see? Yeah. Thank you, Rob. Well, that's an interesting question. And I will say that, um, in my experience, some of the costs are, are diverse, uh, starting with a good strategy, and really have a good strategy and a great alignment between leaders and, uh, and uh, mid-management and operators. So I think that that's, that's key. Um, over time, you know, dozens of technical and organizational barriers has been documented. However, they all take on different importance depending on, on, the, depending on the different hierarchy level of the organization, right? one hand, you can have top management attributes, limited success to, to continuous improvement, to weakness, maybe weakness in information systems or in improvement methods. But on the other hand, you will have workers and mainly, um, workers mainly uh, indicate limited support from management, right? Uh, and commitment from top management as well. So in addition to other organizational factors. So, so I think that that misconnection it's uh, it's key when you start to seeing um, a failure, seeing continuous improvement you need to have that connection and you need to have a real strategy behind
0: it. yeah no i agree now i guess brandy for me the more that i've learned and the more that i've been in industry the more that i really believe that it's people who are driving these improvements and understanding our people and really connecting with them is sort of the barrier that we're seeing out there for in my opinion now, how do you like? How do you go in and assess an organization, and how do you really get those people to sustain change?
6: I want you guys to all take a step back and think about what motivates you when you're at work. Um, when you're at work, you have a set of strategic initiatives that you're trying to accomplish personally, because. Maybe you think that you'll get ahead or maybe you'll think you'll be able to climb the ladder or maybe you'll think you'll get to learn something new or maybe you think you'll get to help somebody. Um, Maybe you'll think you get the next promotion or maybe you'll get more vacation time or maybe you'll be recognized. We all have reasons why we come to work and why we are motivated to do the thing that we do. And we all have reasons why we're either motivated to continuously improve or not take those continuous improvement initiatives. So the more that you understand where somebody is coming from, where they're motivated and what they want, the 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 larger capacity you have to actually influence them to get to you know make the changes that you you need made as an organization but to also help them understand that continuous improvement will help them get there. And if you can instill a value of continuous improvement in their soul based on what they're trying to do and what they want to accomplish, then, then you as a coach have accomplished your goal if your goal is to, you know, change their habits and get them to do continuous improvement every single day.
0: Love it, love it, love it. Now, Maria, I know you've been making a lot of changes and you've really taken CI to heart Mm -hmm. Do you want to tell us a little bit about, like, how's that process look like for you? And, like, what are some of the things you've been working on?
5: Okay, so through the Improver Challenge, I've been focusing on digital marketing, specifically search engine optimization. So there is this uh, page that I want to, I'm very ambitious ambitious with my target condition, And I actually want to rank in the first page of Google, which is a very hard thing to do. And when I started the challenge, uh, this page was at the bottom of the fifth page of Google, through the the improver challenge, uh, tracking my progress, and doing my daily improvement tasks. Uh, Now I'm at the top of the third page. And I hope to be at the first page at the end of the year, hopefully sooner, but there are some technical things related to Google algorithm that doesn't, that don't allow me to do it super quick. Uh, But I keep improving my main challenge, and I accept help from you in the universe with my main challenge, is that I need quality backlinks to rank better. And for that, I plan to um, increase our number of guest posts. And I very generously generously uh, volunteer Calvin <laughs> to guest post <laughs> in any of your publications.
0: Oh, thank you. <laughs>
5: You're welcome. She's sure. putting
0: you to work, Calvin.
4: Yes, always. That's what she does.
5: <laughs> always, always. So yeah, the improver challenge is helping me a lot, just to keep track, make sure following the Kara questions. So it makes me very organized. I have never used the Kara questions before and Hal really inspired me to follow it. Because when he explains the Kata method, he just does it with this air of, that is the greatest thing on earth. So I'm really trying to follow it now.
0: (laughs) It's all about passion, right?
5: (laughs) Yes.
4: I think that's one of the benefits of uh, having the community to do the improver challenge too, right?
5: Definitely.
4: On solo, on your journey, you know, Um, but it's another thing when you've got other people in the mix too, and they, they not only understand what you're doing and what you're trying to do and what your, what your challenges are, but they also are on their, uh, journey too. And I've learned something and I think I've implemented something from just about everybody else in the group, right? Mm -hmm. Listening to what they're doing to, to, to make improvements, it it certainly helps. And it creates a little bit of peer pressure too, right? I think (laughs) we all sort of hold each other accountable to some extent.
0: (laughs) So, Nick, how about yourself? Like, you've been out there a long time. Like, what are some of your top continuous improvement tips?
2: In continuous improvement, if I have to give some tips to people who are actually practicing these CI and lean and reliability related activities and their in their operations, the tips are like uh, you have to Always be on be on top of the activities, and you and you have to demonstrate that yes, you love these activities, and you have to you know track some of the um, pain areas or challenges in your area, and you have to demonstrate as a leader, and people should see you as a as a strong demonstrator of continuous improvement activities, and they should not just you know. Uh, See you as a as a normal leader. So no, continuous improvement leaders are different. They are so passionate about making their innovative or creative things in their operations. That is the tip number one. Where I would say that people have to keep this momentum, and link with their leadership abilities. Other stuff is that you have to always be on top of the data and the facts on the floor. When we talk about the reliability or maintenance related activities that we should never assume things when we go for the continuous improvement programs or events, we have to always be there with the data and facts. So be with your people, uh, play with the data, do the proper analysis and then go to the floor and then you know make your hand dirty. That is the other tip. Other thing I would like to... Add here also is that take help of the coach, take help of the people who have already tried this before you. Because when we are new to these programs and uh, tools and techniques, then it is highly possible by us that we do mistakes and we fail. But when we are there with a uh, seasoned or you know, very practical coach who has always lived these tools and techniques in day and night, and then created some great results in the operations or the way of working uh, and and gain a lot of results, that belief of the coach, that thought process of the coach and that mindset of that coach really make difference to all the people who are actually going to implement these continuous improvement activities. So your, your help from the coach really makes sense when you want to really accelerate your speed For
0: the continuation improvement programs. Love it, love it, love it. Now, Hal, obviously, you've done a lot of CI coaching over your career. Like, what is like, you know, Nick mentioned a little bit about having a coach, but like, how does that coaching process look like for you?
3: The uh, the main thing I I try to do is, of course, using Toyota Kata is almost a must with me. I'm gonna drag anybody kicking and screaming into using it, uh, whether they're a willing participant or not.
0: <laughs>
3: so, and, then, and there's a reason for that. When you get somebody that's gonna take and, and do like what uh, Brandy was talking about, you're gonna create strategic initiatives. And let's say it, it revolves around some of the CI things that you see. So most CEOs will pontificate, oh, I I want this and that and the other thing, and it, it goes flowing downhill and they'll touch it about once a quarter and get status on it. They don't treat it like it's their hypothesis. They're predicting if the company does this, we're going to get this will be the results. We'll get that. So they state these things and then hope it happens, crossed with both fingers. And what really happens is it it goes out to the crowd and they and you know they make it a general meeting and say, "Well, here's the the, the strategic initiatives for the year." Now, after the meeting, if you take the 50 or 100 people that might even be sitting in that room and ask them, what did that mean to you? You will get almost a Tower of Babel. Everybody will have read or heard something differently. Mm-hmm. And, and so, number one, they, there's nobody that, that uh, focuses them on what their initial things are they need to do. What's, what's the thing we want them to work on? What do we want them to leave alone? And then it also uh, changes their roles where they might have been supervisors and managers. Now they're change agents. So now, you know, they're going to go out into that uh, arena and they're going to have to figure out what factions they're dealing with. You know, there's political factions, there's the, the old, old guy and gal faction that, Hey, we've always done it this way. We're not going to do it a new way. So they have to learn how to politically walk around this arena, but also extract things. And so, Kata seems to level set, bring all the players together and say, well, here's our challenge. And then going out and understanding what the current condition is, what the obstacles are to to getting to that target, and then what experiments they're doing to to, uh, go beyond that threshold of knowledge that they have now and get to their end point. So that to a lot of uh, senior managers is a very strange, you're almost talking a, a foreign language to them. They don't understand it. And, and a lot of times it's above their head.
0: Well, you're talking science to MBAs, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) No, I love it. Now, Mario, you know, you, you mentioned a little bit about metrics and KPIs. Like, do you want to elaborate a little bit about like what metrics should we be trying to measure people on and, and how do we go about that process?
1: Yeah, I think that uh, metrics are important when they make sense, and they are aligned to the company's strategy. So, for example, it's okay to have a metric to level of participation in Kaizen events, as long as those Kaizen events are strategic part of the organization. Um, they will be pointless if uh, somebody say, hey, I have participated in 30 Kaizens over the last weekend, or week, I would say. And uh, if you talk with the top management, they, they don't know about those Kaisens, or, or those Kaisens are not aligned with the cost-saving strategy of the company, you know? It's worthless. So those um, metrics should make sense for a specific function. And I will start with, uh, with uh, probably you know about that, guys. is the Hoshin-Kanri. Hoshin-Kanri is about that alignment of strategy and the metrics from the top management up down to the operator level. So those metrics are built on those steps to build a real strategy and, uh, and, and something that really makes sense for people.
0: I love it. And, and that's something, you know, we talk about that in asset management or ISO 55,000. And it's something that you see so much, like I've seen everywhere is metrics don't align with strategic goals. So you have like events, like what you were talking about, Mario, where it's like people are doing things that, like they don't move the bottom line or they don't, they don't align to anything. And even you see some that compete against each other. Like I've been in organizations where we're talking about, you know, the spare parts room is talking about their metric is how much can we reduce. And then on the other side, we're talking about maintenance and we're trying to increase our spares and it just like competes against each other.
1: Yeah, that's correct, and that's very dangerous. To work in silos and have different metrics that compete in each other. that's really dangerous for the organization. So I, I have no companies that have, uh, for example, um, improvements or, or KPIs related to, to service level, and on the same token, another company has to reduce the inventory at the lowest level possible. So it's very difficult to improve service level with that inventory, right? So they are competing in between each other and that doesn't make sense. That's not good for the hell of the companies.
0: <laughs> it's not good for the culture either. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: So Calvin, you know, like Improver, you're able to track a lot of these metrics, especially like your, your personal improvement projects. Like, how does that look like for you? I mean, like, what should people be like? Let's say, you know, maybe personally, you can share with us something that you're working on and, and like, what are you tracking?
4: Um, my main thing now is I got sort of a sequence of sort of building the company versus get get a certain number of visitors to my marketing site, And then uh, we got to start, we got to convert a certain number of those visitors and then, you know, get them to a good rate of usage and then get them to, uh, to the point where uh, we convert them into paid customers and then, you know, ultimately create referrals and we can get to a point of organic growth out in the market. So, uh, my metrics my metrics and the things that I do for uh daily continuous improvement are around, you know, first getting getting the number of uh, the the rate of traffic that I'm looking for and then converting that traffic into users. Um, but there's a there is a there is within with improver as a as a user, there's a sort of a, a method to the madness when it comes to metrics, right? Um I think Mario's spot on. I think um um Pal's spot on when it comes to having priorities first and then creating the the symphony of metrics that make the song come together right to to deliver against what's most important for your company the way improver goes at metrics is it boils the metric down to the individual person in the company right because uh tai is famous for saying if, if everybody owns it then nobody owns it uh not in those exact words but um but when you get with, with the power technology, you can boil the metric down to the individual. Then you can get to a point where you can have a coaching dynamic with that person. Right. Um, and it's not to be punitive necessarily. I mean, I know some cultures and some leaders will go straight for that, but if that's not the intent, the intent is to say, all right, as an individual, what is it that you are working to improve? Right. And if your thing is, you know, let's take mine, for example, trying to get, you know, hundred users per day to my site. That's what I'm working to do, right? Uh, that's what's going to help the company do meet its bigger objectives. Then I can say what behavior or what do I need to be doing on a daily basis? What should I be tracking my, myself for? That's going to lead to reaching that hundred users per day, because hundred users per day is an output. There's nothing I, you know, that's not an input. That's not that doesn't direct my actions every day. So what I do is create a metric that says, "Hey, if I." uh in have so many social media engagements for example or if i create content or if i you know whatever it is that seems to be driving the kind of result i just create that behavior pattern and uh just track myself against that behavior pattern every day with the intent that and, and then watch the the bigger output metric of how many visitors we actually get so uh, the input metric is about my behavior the output metric is the business result the input if i'm at if, I, if my hypothesis is right will produce ultimately produce the output um so what what we're really doing is breaking the the metric down to a behavior that i have 100 percent control over and tracking that and making sure that i'm executing against that and and ultimately that adds up to better and better business results
0: it should just be how many lattes you make for maria right
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah there's some uh so with, with starbucks shutting down i think that's going to lead to some bottom line savings for us so that's
5: good <laughs> <laughs> yes the pandemic led to that but you know i wanted to add something to the metrics um commentary and is that i have noticed that before companies start tracking seriously and analyzing those metrics whatever they want to measure they're trying to solve all kinds of problems anything and everything that comes on a daily basis they try to work on but when you track those metrics and analyze them, they will reveal the one problem that causes 80% of your headaches. Mm-hmm. And then once you know that, then you can focus on that one problem and not waste time on the little ones. You'll get to the other ones, but if you, you get to the 80% of your headaches first, you'll be doing great improvement in no time.
0: so 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 optimistic it's great
5: (laughs) so nick there's something that you
0: know i'd like to like to ask you about about you know with those metrics like i've seen a lot sometimes over my career people are manipulating metrics to make them appear better than what they are like do you have any thoughts on like how do we minimize that impact or like how do we actually know the truth of what's going on Mm -hmm.
2: I would like to share one of my experience when we were dealing with metrics at one of my clients who was into luxury goods as to be specific jewelry manufacturing products. And uh, I also started this project of strategy deployment in that client and we made that X-Chart first for them. And then we converted that into some reasonable metrics for that company. And we, we, you will be surprised to know that we ended up with around 60 plus metrics for that entire company for the whole of hierarchy of three, three different levels of management in that company. Then we, very in the very beginning, uh, initially only we figured out that this is not going to help us to actually prioritize our actions and to make some change to the current management. So then we... Uh, identified and uh, give priority to few metrics and we, we um, scroll it down to eight to nine only key important metrics for that company and we also made one exercise that actually helped or added value to that entire exercise there where we we went to the uh, intensity of each matrix and we identified the different levels like uh, very poor poor average and then you know, excellent and very good kind of. So for each matrix, what we defined was five different levels of each matrix. And then we, you you know that we have to play with some colors when we talk about matrix and dashboards. So then we defined each color for each level of particular matrix And then we actually converted that into a visual digital dashboard for the CEO and that created the lot of impact on the overall decision-making, which he could just see in that screen and then identify what is going wrong in my company today. And he was able to prioritize his actions in that company. He used to call people and then ask some important questions like why this is happening and why it is becoming orange or red, or if something is going green for subsequent days, two, or three continuous days, and he used to also celebrate those moments. So it is not only metrics, but we have to have a very strong and robust, first of all, I would say a mindset, which you would like to you know, explore to your people and then to convert that into a culture. And then when people start seeing it from that perspective that yes, these are all the priorities for the day, then really your metrics add value to your operations.
0: Love it. And, and you know, like, one of my favorite things to do is, is definitely like one piece of paper, four graphs with, with four metrics that we care about, printed off and, and post it everywhere. That's one of my favorite things I like to do. So it's time to wrap up here. We're, we're running a little bit out of time. So let's go around the horn. If you want to plug anything, here's your time. Mario, do you want to kick us off? Do you have anything to plug? Like where can they find more about you?
1: Yeah, well, absolutely. First of all, I want to say thank you. And, uh, and I want just to share one good advice that I have learned uh, with, with my clients. You know, I have some clients that they are experts in how to use tools on, in continuous improvement. They are really experts, but uh, they are only experts in the tools and experiences about how to connect those tools to really make sense for the business and, uh, and put a strategy in place. Not only those implementations, but strategy implementation. So so that's something that I want to share with you. That's my advice for the clients. And um, so you can certainly reach out and uh, visit my my webpage. is www.lintechrics.com where you can find more about my portfolio of products. You can actually follow me in LinkedIn as well. I, I'm as Mario Aguirre, A-G-U-I-R-R-E. And um, and you can reach me out, follow my newsletter, my my. The new newsletter, actually, that was my, my goal with the Improvement Challenge. So uh, I will be happy to have you in my list.
0: Perfect, yeah. You, you can get on my newsletter, too, if you want. Uh, I, I'm happy to have either either Calvin or Mario, any of you, if you want a guest post on mine, I'm happy to, I'm happy to pass it around. Yep. Great. <laughs> now, Brandy, do you have anything to plug?
6: Um, I don't know if I have anything uh, necessarily to plug, but um, you guys can find me on LinkedIn if you're interested. I know I'm I'm um, a, a little bit uh, of a, a different aspect of, of process improvement coming from the people side of things. So if you are interested in that, if you're interested in learning more about that, how you can use that in your process improvement practices, I'd be more than happy to talk to you guys. Um, I, I can help you all coach people individually and I can also help you facilitate group um, sessions where people can start to understand other people's uh, personalities and then how to um, adjust, you know, like how different people in the team can start to adjust how they interact with other people on the team. It also will allow each one of you guys to identify your process improvement people on teams or in companies um, there are a certain set of strengths that are particularly good at process improvement and always seem to be involved in it. So um, if you're interested in learning more about that, please just reach out to me on LinkedIn. Again, my name is Brandy Shane, You guys can see that here. And i will be happy to have a chat with you, you know, give you a demonstration, um, you know, just help you in any way that I possibly can so that, you know, you all are successful at the process improvement initiatives that you have going on.
0: Awesome. awesome. Nick, do you have anything to plug?
2: Yeah. Uh, so, thank you so much, first of all. And I would also say that if anyone wants to um, have a real transformation transformation program for their company, and would like to, you know, uh, make some good results in their company through this continuous improvement program and so you can you can also reach me to my linkedin page that is meeting Dumasia. i have more than 10000 connections on linkedin already i am helping communities to learn more grow more and improve more on a daily basis only one uh, thing which which is giving always confidence to me and my clients are that uh, there is always a self uh, inspiration and motivation where i my soul to deliver the growth first with sustainability and for that whatever is required for the clients i always prefer to do and there is no bar people can reach out to me from any corner of the world already i'm serving many clients in different continents so please uh, come to my linkedin page and then i will be very happy to talk to you guys and then to add value in your life and your business
0: yeah, absolutely. And everyone who's listening, like check the podcast notes. I'll have the links to all of everyone's contact info and LinkedIn pages will be in the podcast notes. Hal, how about you? Anything to plug? You're you're on mute.
3: <laughs> yep. So um, you can always reach me through LinkedIn uh, also. And I, I always love talking shop. So uh, more than happy to pick a phone up or a Zoom meeting or whatnot. And the talk shop and I'm also for hire at any time and if I was going to plug anything I'm a board member of the uh, Operational Excellence Society and if you've never visited that website uh, it has got a, a you know five miles wide and five miles deep of uh, information that may help you on your journey. and so uh, please reach out reach out to that also and uh, use that as a resource. And uh, that's about it.
0: Perfect. Now, Maria, anything to plug?
5: Yes. I wanted to say, well, first of all, obviously, thank you so much for letting me join this conversation. I take a lot from it. And I wanted to say, if anybody is in their continuous improvement journey, let it be at an organization or on a person level and want to take advantage of a community such as this one that has such diverse talent. Check out the Improver Challenge. Um, enjoying one of those, and obviously follow Rob's Reliability Project. He's always from you know getting out good content and Improver page. We're always talking on LinkedIn. We're always talking about continuous improvement, and that's about it. Thank you so much. Oh, well,
0: thank you, and and Calvin, how about you? Anything else to plug?
4: <laughs> oh man. Um almost all has been covered but i want to plug you, Rob. You're awesome, man. Keep doing what you do. Thank you so much for having us on.
0: No, i, I really appreciate you coming on, you know, like you you mentioned it at the beginning of the show, i think you might i think we're at five number 5 uh podcast you've been on, so Yeah. You're yeah. always one of my favorite people to have on the show. We always have great conversations, so yeah, i'm yeah, happy you're here.
4: Yeah, um, I missed the, the last beer summit, but you know, next time uh, we'll we'll catch the next one though. That's um,
0: right. We'll have it in a couple of weeks.
4: <laughs> yeah, I just want to also say that um, all the folks on this panel, all the folks in the Improver cohort, are rock stars at what they do. All of them. I mean, these are all really a players and uh, top of their game in the field. So, if you need somebody for something and and you heard something here that you like today, certainly hit these folks up to start with, all of them have come to me in my life along my personal journey for years and years and just said, hey, I see what you're doing, let me help you, most of them might even have to ask. So all of them are good people, um, certainly you know somebody you want in the front of your, your call that's when you need some, some help with, with something in your, in, in your, on your path. So um, other than that, I just want to second Maria's thought. Uh, if you're on your CI journey, you ready to take it to the next level, take the improver challenge see if you got what it takes to win. <laughs> and uh, of course that comes with the technology, it comes with the community, comes with the coach. And ultimately you can, you you know, we'd be happy to pay you to coach others uh, as you, as you get through the process and get certified. So um, that's certainly out there. And again, Rob, thanks for everything, man. This is, it's always great. You know, looking forward to the next time we can do this again.
0: Oh, well, me too. I'm always looking forward to it. Yeah. And for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone who's listening, improver.com. I M P R U V E R. Check them out. Obviously, Calvin and Maria, great people to work with. And, and you've heard Calvin on the show. If you haven't yet, go back through the archives we've had. I think this is, yeah, I think number five, pretty sure. But if you haven't, yeah. get back in there. So that's been good. And, and yeah, I mean, first off, the, the people who are left, I really appreciate you guys joining me. Everyone who was on the panel, I really appreciate you guys sharing your expertise with us. And, you know, follow Rob's Reliability Project on LinkedIn. You can connect with me as well, Rob Kalvarowski on LinkedIn. Sign up for my newsletter, robsreliability.com slash email list. And we'll see you next time. Next week, Andre Ferrari will be joining us and Fred Schenkelberg to talk about reliability math. So I hope you're in for that. We'll nerd out. And thanks for joining us. Thank you. And we'll see you next week.